Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Ajlene. And I'm Gracie. And this is a podcast called The Feminist Critique, where the two of us discuss movies, put them to both feminist and inclusive tests, and then we ask the most important question of them all. Is the movie good? Yep. And it is (laughs) Pride Month, you guys. We've already covered two movies, and now we're moving on to our third one. And I gotta say, I was pleasantly surprised by this movie. I've never seen it before. And Ashley and I are probably going to explain why right now. So the movie we decided to watch was Chasing Amy. I never saw this movie because I had always had this assumption that it was about a guy who turns a lesbian straight and it was very toxic and stuff like that. That is the perception that I have always had of this movie, despite never having seen it. And I was wrong. Yeah. Now, I had seen this movie before, but many years ago when I was still exploring my sexuality, uh, not physically, but, like, I just knew that I was bisexual, but, like, didn't or something. Um, But I have to say that uh, this movie is a lot different than Kevin Smith's other movies, because, I mean, he had... um, I think this is around the time that I watched this movie. Uh, I think... Um, Clerks and Mallrats were already out. Oh, yeah. They were out. But uh, I think I had seen Dogma and then also uh, Jay, uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, which those movies... Like, well, Dogma, I, I really want to do that movie at some point because I think it's a very... Um, other than the poop monsters, but, like, it's a pretty smart movie in its own right um but like mall rats and clerks have a lot of like grotesque raunch humor and it's kind of the same with uh jay and silent bob strike back where it's you know that one was just filled with cameos and like gross humor yeah and this one is kind of like the most off-brand of the kevin smith films that i know of Mm -hmm. so it's interesting to me Now, I'll give you some stats, and then we'll start talking about the movie. But Ashley and I both came in with this weird preconception of this film, and we were taken aback and kept asking ourselves while we were watching, like, I thought this was supposed to be a bad movie. Well, like, I I said, I vaguely remember it, right? And I remember being like, oh, yeah, this is a bad movie because, like, he turned a lesbian into a straight girl. But then I got, like, the reason why I picked this movie was because then I got to thinking, uh, well, maybe she's, like, actually bisexual, but, you know, they don't write, like, fucking say it, right? Because it was the late 90s and bi-erasure was very real. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, this movie came out in 1997 has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 87% critical and 83% audience, so very well received. Uh, the budget was about $250,000, very small budget. Ended up making about $12 million, so it did very well for the budget it had. Um, directed and written by Kevin Smith, who's also, of course, done Clerks and Mallrats and Dogma and Jay and Silent Bob, Strike Back. Uh, cast, um, there's really only three people that are the core cast and they are Ben Affleck um, who's been in Batman vs. Superman and Jersey Girl and Jiggly and a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, He plays Holden. Jason Lee, best known for his TV show My Name is Earl. Um, Which one of his... uh the other guy was in it too. Yeah, one of the one of the guys at the beginning who doesn't have a name, he's just like a fan. He's in it too. Um most recently known for his work in Alvin and the Chipmunks as Dave. <laughs> uh he plays Banky. And then we have Joey Lauren Adams who was in movies like Dazed and Confused and I remembered her from the Adam Sandler movie Big Daddy. She plays Alyssa. But there were also cameos by Matt Damon and uh, the disgusting Casey Affleck, who is Ben's brother. So, but yeah, there was a Matt Damon, a very small Matt Damon uh, cameo because Matt fuck? Damon and Ben Affleck do everything together. Did you know that there's going to be a fucking reboot of Jay and Silent Bob? 
No, I did not. Coming out this year. You're kidding me. I'm not. Well. Also, his daughter's going to be in it. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Um, um, so that's cool. So, yeah. Let's let's talk about the movie. Movie opens with a comic book convention. And, you know, they're signing, signing comic books. And then they go into this auditorium where a gentleman is on stage speaking. And he's a black man. And he's... He's, uh, what was the name of his comic? Um. Something. Anyway, he's, he's like a it's, black. It's a, it's a bit of a racist term. So. Yeah, I'm not going to say it. No. But, um, but, uh, he's, he's portraying like a militant black, you know, panther black type. Black panther almost, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a black power kind of guy. And. <laughs> He goes off on this uh, diatribe because Banky initiates this conversation with him about how, like, Star Wars is good. Like, you know, because... And Lando. Yeah, he brings up Lando being a great black character, you know, for, for, uh, you know, people that didn't really have any representation in media, which was a really concise, you know, startling observation for a movie that came from 97, yeah. So. But then that's when, like, he's like, oh, that Tom, Uncle Tom, you know. Yeah. Son of a bitch, like, sort of deal, right? Yeah, he's like, Luke Skywalker is this Nazi poster boy that destroys a black man's, um, you know, community all to protect white people. <laughs> and uh, it turns out that Darth Vader was a white, crusty old white guy the whole time. And they mean it to mean that uh, black people just want to be white. And I was like, oh my god. It was the coolest fucking take on Star Wars that I'd never heard before. And this was the point in the movie where I was talking with Ashley and I was like, okay, this is great. I'm gonna... And I'm thinking, this is not exactly what I was picturing. But I was like, this is a great start. So. Yeah. (laughs) Uh... And then afterwards, we find out that the guy that's playing this well, Black Panther militant... Well, because he shoots. Like, he gets all angry, and then he takes out a gun, and he shoots. Like, it looks like he shot Jason Lee, and everybody goes fucking running out. Yeah. Right? And then it turns out that he's actually just playing a character, and that he's a gay black man. Yeah. Who then, after, you know, they go out for drinks... And, uh, (laughs) Banky's getting fucking triggered at the fact that, uh, you know, the guy is saying that Jughead and Archie are actually lovers in the Archie comics. It's funny. Well, cause, yeah, um, yeah, but he's like, he's like, oh no, they're, they're all gay or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. Hooper. Hooper. So Uh he's like, yep, that person's gay. No, he's gay. Gay. (laughs) <laughs> so gay which yeah. i mean he's basically me so because i think every character is is gay well to be fair you know you brought up jafar when we did our aladdin episode and you said that jafar <laughs> was gay, gay. Yeah. a lot of early 90s and late 80s disney villains had a lot of gay tropes like for example ursula was modeled after divine Miss divine yeah. Exactly. Who was who was a drag queen, a very prominent drag queen, even before uh, RuPaul. Uh, I would say probably the first drag queen that really hit the uh, popular culture to a point, right? Yeah. So yeah, it modeled after Divine, right? And then, um, and then we have uh, Jafar, who is you know he, he he's very. <sighs> What's I, the word? <laughs> I know like, what I don't you mean. Say, he's not effeminate, right? He's just metrosexual, I guess. Like, he, he likes to look good, right? He that, almost, you know, that's like an early 2000s reference where they were like, men that look good. About time. <laughs> yeah, like, I remember when the word metrosexual was introduced, and it's basically white boys that actually clean up after themselves and get manicures and shit. Yeah, and, and like, like, everybody, it, it took over the world because, heaven forbid, a man likes to look good. It was like, what is he, gay? Yeah, like, oh, man, they like to manscape. What a tool. 
Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like uh, the whole thing with, like, the anybody who has a man bun. Like, everybody's like, man buns? You're a... F- <laughs> you're... Dude. You're a tool. And then Jason Momoa happened. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, Daddy. Um, um, yes. <laughs> so, uh, they end up... Um, meeting uh Alyssa I think at this point like he's yeah. she's friends with uh H- Hooper Hooper yep yeah and uh you know Holden kind of hits it off with her he's attracted to her she's the smart bubbly thing and then you know they they you know Hooper kind of like picks up on it and then later on in the film asks uh, him to come to a bar and so Holden shows up at the bar with Banky, who was like, Banky has a lot of issues. A lot of fucking issues. He's very blunt in his approach of wording, I guess, is a nice yeah. way of putting it. Yeah, and he's also very jealous, you know, yeah. and he's jealous of a lot of things, like, he feels emasculated by Holden being more successful and stuff. And, like, one of the things, he gets into a fight with a fan because they call him a tracer. Because he colors in what uh, what Holden draws because they're comic book artists. That kind of thing. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, they both show up at this bar and, you know, uh, Holden runs into Alyssa who's dancing. She's having a good fucking time, right? And his opening line to her is, you fucked up my cabbage patch. Oh, God. I wrote that down because I was like, that is the fucking worst. I would rather a guy tell me, are you an angel? (laughs) Because you fell from heaven or some shit. You know? Yeah. That's the thing. Um, When it comes down to it, uh, Holden is... The whitest straight boy of the whitest straight boys. <laughs> it's not a lie. Like, he's, he's just... He's, he's not that interesting of a person. No. <laughs> and he does some shit later on in the movie where I'm like, what? What would lead you to that? <laughs> where, like, Alyssa is... She's and- an actual fun character she knows what she's you know doing with her life she's um she's very blunt in her approach not blunt she's not a blunt with her approaches she's just very um it is what it is with her yeah like she she tells it like it is and she's unapologetic dude i loved her character yeah for a movie that was written by a man this is one of the best fleshed out female characters I have seen since we started this podcast. Like, Scarlet is one of those, like, characters I think is very fleshed out, right? Yeah. I would say Alyssa is top tier. She's up there with Scarlet for me as far as, like, really good fleshed out female character. Yeah. I I loved it. Um, so she ends up going up on stage because apparently she used to uh, be in a band and stuff and the song sucks but it's like talking about love and shit and Holden is like dancing there thinking he's got it right (laughs) and then this girl kind of steps in front of them uh, him and Banky and like she's into it too and you think oh you know Alyssa's singing this song to Holden no, Alyssa was singing the song to the girl because <gasps> she's a lesbian. And when Banky yeah. sees this, he thinks it's the funniest shit in the world because he knows that Holden wants her. Yeah, and uh, exactly. And and he's just like, wow, this is Irony. this is fucking happening. And and the look on fucking Holden's face, like that moment of like pride like male white pride that is just like what she's a lesbian she doesn't actually want me when i have a magical dick yeah (laughs) like that's how that's the thing he's his character is shit um but the thing is he does he does some good right yeah 
He throws it all at the win- out the window near the end of the movie. But you see some growth, right? Yeah. So after this, he's still in shock. And they're at a diner. And well, yeah, because they're sitting there, right? And um, he's and barely he- saying anything. And then uh, Alyssa is with this this chick that she's seeing, right? Uh-huh. And, and they're just in the other chair, like, making out and, you know, enjoying enjoying themselves, right? And... Uh, and uh, then Banky the girl is, leaves to go dance or some shit. Yeah, but and like so, Banky just keeps staring at them, yeah. and like Holden's like, "Dude, like, what the fuck, right?" Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, um, and then they have this really like this conversation. Uh, yeah, Banky and Alyssa, and like they actually bond. And for a second, I thought they were like going to become friends because of this, but uh, they were <laughs> it was basically taught. Oh no! But they're basically talking uh, about oral sex horror stories. Yeah. Well, because Banky says that he he he's not going to go down on a girl. You know, he doesn't do it. And and Alyssa's like, that's fucking selfish. And he explains that you know when a girl goes down on him, he you know it's a very candid, frank conversation, which was kind of nice. But, you know, he's like, when a girl goes down on him, he directs her. He tells her how he likes it. And he says, but what happens is, is when he goes down on a woman, she's very self-conscious. And she doesn't want to explain how to do it. And so he never really learned how to do it well. And the few times that he did, he got injuries from, like, a cracked tooth and a sprain in his in his neck from the girl's dad yanking him off of her. Yeah, because, uh, like, the cat, like, or no, that was another one. But, like, they have, like, all these different horror stories. Like, one, um, Alyssa's in a car and, uh, the girl's, like, you know, enjoying herself. And then, uh, the the brake goes off and (laughs) and her fucking, you know, because her knees are on the ground, they're just, like, scraping across the ground while the fucking, you know, car's going. And these are all, like, permanent scars on them over oral sex. It was a good conversation. Yeah. You know, very candid and open, and Alyssa was not holding back. She's like, yeah, you, basically anything you can do, I can do better kind of thing. It was mm-hmm. fun. It was it was a nice bonding moment. And you think, aw, Panky's, you know, Panky's gonna be great. Panky's the worst fucking person in this movie. He is. He, no redeeming quality. <laughs> anyway, so eventually, um, like, they go off or whatever, right? But Alyssa comes back and she's like, um, and, and she fucking straight up tells him, she's like, hey, I'm thinking of like this new story that I could possibly do. Um, let me, you know, let me just explain it. Uh, it's about a guy who met a girl and they were like really good friends, but then he found out she was a fucking lesbian and then he dropped off the face of the planet. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, she calls him out. And yeah. Holden, of course, is like, yeah, I'm sorry. It kind of weirded me out. And she's like, yeah, whatever. That's cool. They, they they become friends. You know, she's like, yeah, let's let's just be friends. So they go on, you know, friendly dates and stuff like that. He teaches her how to play skee-ball. There's skeet, this one... Skeet, 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 Yeah. There's this one conversation that I really liked that they had together. Like, they're just sitting on the swing set, right, yeah. on one of their little quote-unquote dates. And... You know, he asks her, they start talking about the concept of virginity. And Adam Conover did an Adam's Ru- Adam Ruins Everything episode about how virginity is a social construct, right? Mm-hmm. That came out just a few years ago, like within the past three, I want to say. This movie did it first. <laughs> And I wasn't expecting it because, you know, they have this conversation and Alyssa's like, yeah, you know, like, I'm not a virgin. He's like, well, how can you not be like you've never had penetrated sex before? And she's like, no, it's nothing like that. Like, if we go by the idea of losing your hymen, like I lost it when I was 10 years old because I landed on a pole and it ruptured my hymen. She's like you know, he's like, well, if you're penetrated, then that means, you know, you're not a virgin anymore. And she's like, well, is a girl that gets raped a virgin? And he's like, well, no. Or something like that. Like, they talk about how love is needed and stuff. And she goes, my way of thinking of it is, I lost my virginity when I had sex with someone for the first time. 
That's yeah. it. Yeah. Because like, virginity is a social construct. And it's true. Like, she's not fucking wrong. Yeah. It's great. So, it's yeah, great. It, it, was, it was a good conversation. Like, if you can find the clip of it on YouTube or whatever, like, look it up and watch it. Because it was so concise. And I was, like, so impressed. I was, mm-hmm. and and then I'm thinking, God, what if I have? Why have I ever thought of anything negative about this movie? Because I kept waiting for the shoe to drop. <laughs> well, yeah, because there was this one part where they started. Um, was this another part when they were playing darts? Mm-hmm. Was that like before or whatever? Because they yeah, had I like think, a pretty. I think so, but it's okay. Like they had a, but there is a part though that. Um, they go back to the Archie thing and um, I guess Hooper's like said something about how Archie's fucking Mr. Weatherby and uh, Banky is like he is not fucking Mr. Weatherby uh, but he's fucking everybody else if you watch Riverdale (laughs) Ashley stole that joke from me (laughs) I did I mean he he fucked Mrs. Grundy yeah Yeah, I mean technically she wasn't the real one but like I only watched the first season. I just assume he's <laughs> fucked everybody. Jughead, Betty, Veronica. Oh, man. KJ Appa and Cole Sprouse is something I want to see. Yes. Those are very sexy men. Oof. Oh, man, I know. They're so good looking. I was like, they did, They are not in high school. Because they're How, not. No, listen. KJ Appa was 19 years old filming the first season of Riverdale. Really? I was shook. I was like, I feel like a cradle robber when I found that out. I was, and I yeah, but like Cole Spruce is not was he was much older, right? Cole Sprouse is our age. He's like twenty seven, twenty eight years old. You know, he's your age, not my age. Well, uh, I'm hella old, so he's like I want to say he's twenty eight, but I could be wrong. Um. He might actually be one year younger than me. I can't remember exactly. I'm going to look it up. Uh, KJ Appa was 19, and I felt really dirty about the fact that I found him attractive as a (laughs) 25-year-old. Yeah, you're right. Cole Sprouse is a year younger than you, where KJ uh, Appa was... uh, He is 21. He was born in 97. He's got some good fucking genes. (laughs) <laughs> his hair is not that red in real life though that's for fucking sure no and we've talked about kj alpha before when we did the hate you give so oh that's I mean, true um but yeah like uh <laughs> one of the other things that they end up discussing um like okay so banky is getting super jealous of this uh relationship that is coming up between Alyssa and holden this friendship between them and banky mocks holden for it and he, like, calls Alyssa names, and he uses the F word. Not fuck, yeah, but the slur. Yeah, he also... Didn't he call her a dyke? Yeah. Like, he's, yeah. um like, playing a video game, and he starts, like, using uh, homophobic slurs at the TV for losing at something. And Holden is like, hey, man, don't fucking do that, dude. Like, don't gay bash the TV or call Alyssa the D word because it's passive aggressive gay bashing. Yeah. I mean. And I had to take a minute because I was so shook that this was coming out of a movie from 1997. <laughs> yep. Again. My perception of this movie was completely blown out of the water in the best fucking way. So good. I'm gonna sing this movie's praises from now on. Fuck the yeah. haters. <laughs> uh, but but it's true. Like I mean, there's there's times where, um, because this is before stuff happens. But Banky is basically he he like draws this one thing and he he does okay. Here's um the non-political agenda lesbian or like the male affectionate easy to get along with uh non-political agenda lesbian down here we have the man-hating angry as fuck uh, agenda of rage bitter dyke and here we've got santa claus and up here the easter bunny which one of you is going to get to the hundred dollar bill first 
And how is that? What's that supposed to prove? No, I'm serious. This is a serious exercise. And that's when Holden's like, um, the man hating Dyke. Good. Why? I don't know. Because the other three are figments of your fucking imagination. Yikes. And it's like, wow. Okay. But then Holden... Holden is like, ah, nah, fuck that. That is completely, you know, like, he goes off, right? And then Holden and Banky get into this huge fucking fight. And then at the end of it, Banky's like, well, I don't fucking understand what your issue is. And then Holden goes, because I'm in love with her. Mm. Ugh. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. So. And then this is, after this is when he you know, takes Alyssa out and they go out to lunch, I think. And then they're driving in the car. And it's raining. And it's raining. And then Holden kind of pulls over and confesses his love for her. Yeah, well, he's like, he's like, I can't take this. She's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I love you. You love me? And then he goes on like this big, huge fucking thing where he's like, I love you or not. And not in, like, this friendly way. Although, like, we're great... I think we're great friends, but, like, this isn't misplaced affection or puppy love. Like, I love you. It's very simple. It's very true. You are the epitome of everything I've ever looked for. Like, he loves her. He goes on, like, this massive thing. It's literally, like, a five-minute... It's a five-minute dialogue. It's so long. (laughs) It's, like, a... It's a full, like paragraph you think it's over and then he starts talking again and then you think it's over again and then he talks and she's just in that fucking car like what the actual fuck right it's true so then uh she's like well fuck yeah she gets out and she's like i'm fucking gone bye yeah, uh, and, he, and he follows after, and he's like, where are you going? You're going to, you know, hitchhike back to New York? A fucking yeah. Like, I'm not getting in the fucking car with you. And then she goes off on him, and she goes, you know, you're being really unfair. And he says, well, what's unfair about my feelings? And she goes, it's fine that you unburdened yourself, but you shouldn't have unburdened yourself to me. Because it's unfair to me to have you look at me that way. Right? And yeah. she's fucking right. Like... He sexualized her knowing that she was only into women. Mm -hmm. And he still did it anyway. These are the same type of dudes that friends say they're in the friend zone, right? Yeah. Like they sexualize their female friends and then get mad when their female friends don't reciprocate that. And then they get toxic about it. Yuck. But that's that's true. Like if... If somebody isn't into you, right, then you shouldn't burden, like, that information on that person. Onto them. Yeah. Like, don't guilt them, essentially. Well, after she, you know, says that it's unfair for you to unburden it to me, you know, he's walking back to his car, but then she, like, slams into him, and then they kiss. And it turns out that she actually had been having feelings for him, um... But she is lesbian, right? So well, that's why the would thing. she this have question- these feelings? Well, yeah, I mean, this is questioning everything that she's ever known her entire life, right? And uh, and here she is, like, with this this guy. And she's like, yeah, but I'm not into guys. I'm into strictly women. Um, and this is what we call bisexuality now i'm gonna go into like a nice little thing about bisexuality um obviously Alyssa is more attracted to women in her life she's you know she's been with other guys it kind of gets into it a little bit later but you know she's mostly attracted to to women and that's the thing with sexuality you don't have to be strictly attracted 50-50 to men or women or, you know, whatever, uh, like, the many other genders that are out there, right? You, you like, can there's have different, a preference. Yeah. Sexually, like, that's what I appreciate this movie is it, it kind of tells you, like, that, hey, sexuality can be fluid, right? Yeah. And, and the best way to put it is, let's just say 
that you've eaten pie your entire life. You fucking love pie. If you go to a diner, you're always you're always getting that fucking pie. Until the day that you see this scrumptious piece of cake. And you're like, oh damn, that fucking piece of cake is amazing. And then like, but you only you like that it kind of... You try it you like it. <laughs> yeah. And you only like that sort of cake. You still like pie, but you like that cake. And that's bisexuality. I feel like I've heard this before. That's because I stole it off of Tinder. Or no, not Tinder. That other one. Tumblr. You stole it off of Tumblr? <laughs> yeah, somebody wrote it on there. At least I, I was going to say I took it off of Tumblr. I wasn't going to just say it was mine. <laughs> yeah. I get it. I mean, it makes absolutely perfect fucking sense to me. You know? And, uh, you know, like, especially with bisexuality or pansexuality, even if you are pan or bi, like, there's sometimes, or most of the time, I'm not sure, there's, you know, maybe something you prefer over other things, even though you're all-encompassing. You know, doesn't mean everything's out in equal measure. And Alyssa obviously enjoys women more than she does men, and that's why when she meets Holden, she is having the entire world turned on its axis. Yeah. You know, but they do. They end up, like, kissing and having sex, and then Banky finds them on the couch the next morning, which his reaction is fucking priceless. And then he goes off, like, Holden, you know, Holden's like, hey, man, you know. But Banky, Banky's like, oh, well, you know, just wait for the other shoe to drop, because, like, you know, you're just this conservative dude, right? And she's this worldly woman, and you know, she, it's not going to last, that kind of thing. There's He's a lot not... of fucking slut-shaming this movie. Yeah. So, basically, there's a lot of worsening tensions between Holden and Banky. Uh, he resents uh, Alyssa for coming between him and his best friend, and he starts investigating and covers some dirt on her past and tells Holden that she participated in um, a threesome with two guys during high school. Uh, and they gave her the nickname Finger Cuffs. Um, yeah. I'm surprised they just didn't call her Eiffel Tower. Yeah, I don't think that was a term then. Not yet, but... Yeah, but essentially that's what happened. But one of the one of the things that she does is, she remember, she goes to her friend. Her friends, oh, and they're yeah. like... And they're like having, you know, cute little conversation. They're like, hey, you've been shacked up for a month. What you been doing? Who's the, you know, who is it? And no she's girl. like, yeah, they're, they, they're awesome. We do this. And someone's like, well, why are you gender? Why are you non-gendering? Like, why are, what's with the pronouns? You know? And then Alyssa admits to her lesbian friends that she is in a relationship with a man. And all of the, the look on all of their faces is I felt like so bad for her. I did, because it is really... And they do point this out, right? That, like, it's the lipstick mafia or, you know, the gold star lesbians who have, like, never had sex with a guy whatsoever, right? And and there is a lot of that sort of shaming in the queer community um, where... Like, because I've been told, fuck, I don't know how many times that I was a lesbian in training because I was exploring, you know... um, because I knew I was bisexual. Uh, and the thing is, I... There's times where I'm like, am I really bisexual? Because I do prefer men. But I also like women, too. Right? Yeah. Um, but, like, I, I know I'm bisexual. I've known for many years. Even though I've questioned it, like, how many times. But that's the thing with bisexuality is, you know, you doubt yourself because of how much fucking bi-erasure there is out there. Yeah. So and, and this is a conversation that she ends up having having with uh, Holden after, uh, after this stuff with her friends, and he yeah. asks why me and why now, and she says, "Well, you know, I, I, I came to the fact that I wanted to find someone else who completed me, and I never really found that with any guy, and so I thought it must be women, right? And so I've spent all these years trying to find my." my other half with these women 
and then you came along and you you opened up the possibility to me that maybe my other half isn't a woman at all but it's you and I did everything on my own terms and she's so unapologetic about her sexuality and her journey and I love her so much I think she's like an amazing character that's that's the thing she's she's so fucking flushed out that it's like you're you're just kind of surprised like it's it's amazing to see that like she's just she has her past she's like lived it and she's not going to apologize for it yeah now after banky tells holden about the finger cuffs thing holden goes to hooper yeah and hooper is like listen you're just scared you know you're you're being dumb about this you're being this territorial piece of shit right and he also talks about how you know he is a minority within a minority right he is a gay black man which we talked about in our paris is burning thing right he's got he's got it bad on to both ends yeah you know and <laughs> there's then that one part where the kid comes up and asks for an autograph and he looks over at Holden while he's signing this kid's uh, this kid's comic book and goes, you see that man there? He's the devil. Don't trust the white man. I cracked I mean, up so where, hard. Where's the lie? <laughs> Listen, the most the most honest portrayal of white men is that line from Pocahontas, which is an otherwise problematic as fuck movie where they go, these white men are dangerous. <laughs> And it's like American history right there. Pretty British much. British history, whatever. <laughs> My, I, I saw this picture at one time, and it, like it fucking cracked me up because it showed like a picture of, um, like I want to say like a golden retriever, right? And it's like how British history is Br- uh, taught in British schools. And then there was a picture of like, um, like a werewolf, like this ghastly looking werewolf, and it's like <laughs> how British history is taught in every other school. Yeah, because colonialism sucks. Yeah. Um, so anyway, after he has this, after Holden has this conversation with Hooper, they're at a hockey game, him and Alyssa, and he brings up the finger cuffs thing. Oh, but he does in it in a very really... non-subtle way. Well, yeah, one, it is non-subtle, right? But he thinks he's being fucking schlick, right, about this. Slick? I said yeah. schlick. Uh, gross. <laughs> um, anyways, but he thinks he's being pretty, like, slick about this, right? Because um, he's talking about, he's like, oh, so do you know this person? Do you know this person? Yeah, because, like, I saw in your yearbook that it, you know, said that your name was Finger Cuffs. And uh, she's like, oh, well, you know, I put all that stuff behind me because I'm not a fucking teenager anymore you dickhead right yeah like she then, calls him out in front of everybody well well this is after like a few minutes right and then there's a point where um she's like yeah and these guys used to come over all the time they used to bug my sister did you know one of them they he pulled he pulled down his pants and he like showed me his dick right and uh and fucking holden's like yeah so like what what did you do then and she's like, I fucking blew him, and then his friend fucked me. Yeah, and she says it really loud, and everybody around them just, like, looks. And then she's like, you fucking asshole. You should have just asked me, you know, in private, instead of bringing this out in a non-subtle way in the middle of a fucking hockey game. And yeah, because, like, leaves. even the guys next to him are like, dude, we yeah, knew. yeah, we knew what you were fucking going for. And then, and then, they go out into the fucking parking lot, and this part of the movie made me physically angry. I was, I was so pissed, right? Because Holden starts talking, like, he starts fucking slut-shaming her. Mm-hmm. And she is like, you know what? 
I am completely okay with the shit that I did. I fucking did it. I am, you know, I, I will tell you what I did. I will tell you my mistakes. I don't regret any of that. because. Oh, and it, she goes, she's like, did you know that I did this? And I did this and this and this. Oh, yeah. She's laying it on, right? And I'm just like, yes, yes, do it, girl. Tell his ass. And Word. she lays it on thick, right? And she she's like, you know what? Fuck you, right? Like, don't hold your fuck. Like, don't don't be a piece of shit. You know? She's like, I know that you weren't. You know, you you have a history, right? I'm not holding it against you, but he is holding her past against him because he is jealous of the fact that he is not the first dick that he she's had inside of her. Yeah all it amounts to yeah and you know she even apologizes to his sorry motherfucking ass and goes in to hug him and apologizes for you know letting on that he was the first man she'd ever had sex with and he pushes her away and at this point i have to pause the movie because i'm like i'm going to come through the screen and murder this fucking asshole he's such a dick Like, he's not a redeeming... Like, I don't know if that's what they were going for with this. Like, if that's what Kevin Smith was going for. Like, him being a redeeming figure. Because he's not. No. No. And, like, she bared her fucking soul to him and said that she loved him and he pushed her the fuck away. So, this leaves him... Uh, feeling uh, disillusioned and furious. So then he goes, like, it's later on, and he goes uh, for lunch with uh, Jay and Silent Bob, which, of course, is uh, Jason Mewes and uh, Kevin Smith. And Silent Bob reveals that he was once in a relationship similar to Holden's, despite the fact that he was uh, in love with his girlfriend, Amy. Uh, His neurosis about her adventurous sexual past caused him to sabotage the relationship and leave her. Angry with himself for letting her go, he has spent every day since then chasing Amy, so to speak. (laughs) Roll credits. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Um, But but yeah, yeah. he does. And he... I think Jay was the one that's like, so you mean after all this, she wants to settle with your boring ass? You know? And it's true. Like, Holden is looking at this from the completely wrong angle. and He's looking at it from, like, a white male perspective. And it's funny because so many men, regardless of a girl's past history, get so upset when they learn about a girl's past history. You know? Like, straight guys... She sucked 37 dicks in a row? That's from Clerks, but there's, like, a whole thing where he's, like, angry that his girlfriend had sucked 37 dicks. And it's such, like, men get celebrated, right? Men get celebrated for having so many sexual partners. They get shamed for being virgins, you know? And... And then you have these same men who shame other men for being virgins, then shame girls for being virgins and calling them prudes, while also slut-shaming them if they ever have sex. Women never win, right? You're a prude or you're a a slut. How dare you have touched one dick that isn't mine? Yeah, I know. I don't know what this territorial bullshit is, but you guys have really got to get the fuck over it. (laughs) Um, So this is the part where... Uh, shit, what's the word? Um, yeah, so, like, he's kind of moved by Silent Bob's story, and he devises a plan to fix both his relationship with Alyssa and his estranged friendship with Banky. Yeah, and you think... And it is... It goes fucking bad. Listen, you think he's got some good self-reflection, right? You hear this story about how this guy regrets letting her sexual history destroy their relationship, right? Letting it get to him. So, Holden devises a plan that he thinks is going to solve all of their problems, right? He gets Banky, who's being this jealous piece of shit, and you get Alyssa in the same room, and they have a little wine, and then he sits down, and he starts talking, and he he tells Banky he's a self-hating gay man that actually has some form of sexual attraction for him. 
And then he looks at Alyssa and says, you know, I know you love me, but I'm having trouble with the idea, you know, of your sexual history. So that the, you've had more sex than me. Basically. Yeah, like, so my solution, y'all, hold the fuck on. Oh, well, okay, so there is one point, because he, like, explains that to Bank, uh, Banky, and then he kisses him passionately to prove a point. And yeah. then that's when Holden suggests that they all have a threesome. Yeah. And they're yeah. they're all horrified and shoved. The, the two of them, Banky and Alyssa, are are horrified and shocked. But Banky agrees to participate. Yeah. But then Alyssa says, "Fuck no." Yeah, Alyssa. Alyssa's great, right? She's like, "I'm done with that part of me. Like, I'm not into the adventurous sex stuff anymore." You know, I want you as you because I love you. And I, and, and, you know, what gets me is like, if we do this, you're going to end up hating me for going along with it. Or you're going to end up holding it against me and Banky for the rest of your fucking life. Because you, you know, it's the jealousy of it's going to eat away at you if I moan differently. Or, God forbid, me and Banky actually hit it off and we discover we want to be together more than I want to be with you. And then she's like, no, I'm not doing it. And yeah, second so then, of all... Yeah, well, she goes, like, before she le- she's leaving, she's like, I will always love you, but I am not your whore. No, no, no. I am not your fucking whore. Like... Yeah, she 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 put that f word in there, and it was it was very necessary. Yeah, and she slaps the fuck out of him, and then she straightens her purse and she walks out that door. Mm-hmm. And then it's a year later, and they're at a comic con thing again, a comic book con thing, and you see that Banky is on his own now, you know, doing his own comic stuff, and Holden. Um, you know, kind of has like a nonverbal uh, back and forth with Banky where they kind of end on good terms. And then yeah. he goes to Alyssa's table and he puts down this comic book in front of her called Chasing Amy. And essentially it's their story. And at the end of it, you know, it says, Alyssa, if you're out there somewhere, I'm so sorry at the end of the comic book. Yeah. And she looks at it, and they kind of end, you know, on a bittersweet note. And he walks away. Like, there's some closure, right? Yeah. And he walks away. And then she, you know, her assistant or her producer or her agent, whoever, comes back and is like, who was he? And she's like, just some guy. And then she throws the fucking comic book down on the ground to start signing autographs. And I was like, I hope she threw it in the fucking trash. Same. <laughs> I was like, what? Like, really? You made a fucking comic about us? Yeah, like... Who the fuck looks at that situation and decides the remedy for it is a threesome? <laughs> right? <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> Holy fuck. I can't believe yeah. how fast we talk through this movie. Holy it's shit. It's true. Like, I mean, it's it's a pretty simple sort of thing, right? But um, I think that was actually Alyssa's, like, new girlfriend. I hope so. Yeah. I hope Alyssa is living her best life. <laughs> well, I mean, she does come back for some of the other movies afterwards. And she is, like, she is living her best life. And she's, you know, still like still a lesbian right so like yeah. that's that's kind of what it just says you know in the in the wiki well not in the wiki but just in general like that's yeah. you know how she just lives her life you know she's she's uh, not over holden because like dude what the fuck right yeah like, he's not oh, god he's the fucking worst he's not like not- you think you think he's learned some stuff because he does get on to Banky about how he's, you know, 
he's he's using gay slurs and stuff like that, and you think, wow, this is actually super fucking progressive, but then he reverts right back to fuckboy ways, because that's what Holden is. Holden's a fuckboy. He is. A hundred percent. Y'all want to know what a fuckboy is? Holden is a fuckboy. <laughs> You're so fucking right. Like, he is. He's just such a, like... Ugh, he's he is the fuckboy stereotype wrapped up in a neat little package, tied mm. up with a bow. Fuck boy. Okay. Fuck boy. Fuck so, um, some trivia. I think oh, I have. Yeah, I've got. I've got a bit too. Yeah, uh, we won't. We won't uh, do too much, but we will do a few. So, oh, fuck. Um, there's so much trivia. I know. I don't want to do all of it. Um. So. The scenes between Alyssa, Holden, and Banky at the nightclub where they're discussing the problems with oral sex was actually originally written for Mallrats, which came out in 95, between T.S., Brody, and Gwen. Brody and Banky were played by Jason Lee, and Alyssa and Gwen were played by Joey Lauren Adams. So, yeah. Um, so... When Kevin Smith pitched this idea to Miramax, he also said that he had written the parts for his friends Ben Affleck, Jason Lee, and Joey uh, Lauren Adams in mind. Miramax, however, wanted to cast people who already had celebrity status, such as Jon Stewart, David Schwimmer, and Drew Barrymore. David Schwimmer? And it... Could you imagine? Oh, jeez. Fucking okay, I Ross. See, I can see. I can see Drew Barrymore, right? Yeah, I can see I think her. She, I could. Yeah, I mean, I think she would have done a, a decent job. She's kind of that quirky, you know. I could not see John Stewart or David Schwimmer in either of these roles. Like John Stewart was in uh, Big Daddy with yeah. uh, with Joey Lauren Adams. Yeah, yeah, but, he like, was. I don't. I don't see John Stewart as either of those characters. Um, but yeah, these were the threes that were actually suggested. The film's original budget was uh, $3 million, depended on Miramax support. Ultimately, Smith suggested he make the movie with his three original actors on his own, and Miramax could buy it for distribution if they liked it. Miramax owners Bob Weinstein and Harvey Weinstein... Oh. Uh, liked this idea and they and gave him two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to make the movie which was one twenty fifth the budget of his previous movie Mallrats. Y'all guess what? He made it with that amount. And he made twelve million. Nobody makes a movie with only two hundred and fifty thousand dollars and it come out this good. But he did it. And I read a CNN article from 1997 lambasting this is garbage. And I'm just like, that person needs to get the stick out of their ass. Um, and, and that's the thing. There, That was like an actual problem with this movie is that... Um, by the way, this is actually uh, Kevin Smith's personal favorite movie of his own. Yeah. Like, he loved this movie. And it was also... Quentin Tarantino's favorite film of 2000, or sorry, 1997. Yeah. So, Um, I mean, it wasn't panned as everybody thinks it was. Like, for some reason, I thought this was a panned movie that people just didn't like because it was sexist or all this stuff, but like watching it. It was super well received overall. Yeah, I thought it was actually very clever. The two main guys that you're, like, supposed to feel sorry for, I didn't feel sorry for whatsoever. Um, Yeah. But, uh, like, Alyssa, I was like, I think overall this is her story. It is. Um, On all movie posters and cover art, Ben Affleck is depicted as clean-shaven despite having a mustache and a goatee in the film. His depiction is very similar to the character from Jiggly, even wearing a leather jacket, just like he did in that film as well. And both films involve Ben Affleck falling for a lesbian. Jiggly was really bad. Really bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... That's because... I, I don't think... Like, I mean, J-Lo 
is a good like she's a good actress as we've seen with uh um selena but like she gets super typecasted though she does i have seen several movies where she's like this lower middle class you know working girl and she ends up like faking it till she makes it to the top like made in manhattan and this new movie that just came out where she uh like i don't know i it's because she's latina yeah she like she gets played as a fucking you know she plays a fucking maid in made in manhattan you know jiggy yeah sorry you guys my dog has been sitting in my lap the whole time, and he just decided to make noise. Uh, um, so yeah, uh, I mean, none of this stuff, you know, I don't want to really talk about any of this, any more of this stuff. So I'll go on to the, uh, the tests if you're okay with that. You don't want to go into the, more of the trivia? Mm. There's a lot of it. Yeah, not a lot of it's any good. I think the only one, one more thing I'll say you know, this full this film was reportedly only two votes away from an Academy Award nomination for Best Original Screenplay, and this is according to Kevin Smith from his podcast. So, oh Kevin yeah, Smith, Kevin Smith does podcasting too. Hell yeah! Do you think he'll be on our podcast? We could always send out an inquiry. Who knows? I think it would be cool if he could be on our podcast. Yeah, we can. We'll talk to him about Degrassi. <laughs> I would. I'll talk about everything Degrassi. (laughs) Fuck, I'm going to have to watch a lot of Degrassi, though. (laughs) Uh, So, let's uh, let's do those tests, shall we? We got our Bechdel test. Two named female characters on screen alone talking about something other than a man. This doesn't happen, really. Um, Then we have the racial Bechdel test. Two people of color on screen alone talking about something other than a white person. This doesn't happen either. Then we have a Macomori test, which is a person, a female character whose story is not about pushing a male narrative forward. And I'm going to say that Alyssa is her own person. And while she is there kind of to push Holden's character and his story along, she also has her own story and she doesn't settle for his fucking ass. That's the thing. This is a like a this is a romantic comedy out of all the movies you think. Like it's a romantic comedy and yet the two people in the romantic comedy don't get together in the end. The no. relationship. So, I mean, if they got together in the end, then like fuck that. But they didn't. So, no, it's just like the ending of the first 50 Shades movie. It ends perfectly. Mhm toxic relationships are not good and romance is messy which is something that kevin smith has said in relation to this movie you know romance is messy um it's true yep so uh passes macomori duvernay tests a person of color who has a story arc not based on pushing a white narrative forward no this doesn't really happen then we have the sexy although i do have to like i I, i'm not gonna say that like it uh, cause, cause Hooper do- obviously doesn't, like, but he does have kind of his own, like, It's not enough story. to actually no. constitute. I mean, like, I'm not arguing with it. I'm just pointing out that, like, he he's a, a little purpose. bit, yeah, he's, he, like, I wish he had a little bit more purpose, but he is kind of fleshed out cause he's not, like, a token character, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, which... We'll get into in the Vito Russo thing when I get to that test. Um, So the next test is the sexy lamp test. Can you replace a named female character with a sexy lamp and it not take away from the plot? The girl that she's macking out with in the beginning has a name, but I can't remember it. So just on a technical failure, you know. Um, And then we have the Vito Russo test. Are there people who identify under the GSRM bander, banner who are a gender, sexuality, or romantic minority? They matter to the plot. They're not just stereotypes of their, you know, gender or sexuality or minority uh, or romantic minority. And the answer to all of this is that the two characters in this film that are portrayed as being under that spectrum neither one of them are stereotypes. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna... 
Like, I uh, slightly, I would say that Alyssa's because it doesn't flat out say that Alyssa is bisexual, right? Right. But there is like the whole sexual past thing that is like because it is stereotypical that uh, bisexual people are slutty mixed sluts. Yeah, but and, they like, don't it, actually like call her a slut. You know, no, like she no, sounds like a, she's had a typical, you know, run of the mill average experience. Even though yeah. it was with girls and with guys. Well, yeah, like that's the thing. She definitely like had her experience and stuff, and like uh, had a lot of like fun doing it. It's the way that she's treated by the two male characters in the movie where I have a problem with because they do treat her like she's such a fucking slut because she had sex with, you know... um, Two guys at one time. Yeah, like things like that, right? So that, I think, that's why I wanted to point that out, that, like, there... The implication is there, but not to the point where, like, for us in a modern standpoint... You know, like that's the the what the guys are doing doesn't mean that that's how she's portrayed. That's just how no. they see her. Yeah, that's that's the point of the test. She yeah. is not portrayed as a slut. She's just looked at like a slut. Okay, you see what I mean? Yeah. Um, and also Hooper is, <laughs> you know, the he, worst. He does have some flamboyant qualities, but he's also a guy that is. You know, big on the black power movement, even like even outside of his character. You know, like he, he puts it on, but at the same time, he actually does believe some of that stuff that he's saying. Mm-hmm. And he's also very open about the fact that you know, like he has his opinions. It's great. I think for a side character who didn't have but maybe ten minutes on screen altogether in this two-hour movie, he leaves an impact. So. Good on him. It's a pass. So, even though it only passes two, I'm going to say that this movie is feminist. Great, flushed out female character who has a storyline that she is herself and she does not put up with the bullshit from these guys that treat her like a slut. Yeah. I can believe that. She's great. Yeah, I can believe that. So. I I think, I mean, it would have been nice if there was, like, other female characters in the movies, in the movie, like, because there's not. Like, other than, like, her friends. But her friends are, yeah, which, I mean, like, I don't know if they had names or whatever, but, like, it didn't really say for the most part, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But but I will tell you that I was pleasantly surprised by this movie and, like, the feminist, like, and, you know, inclusive in a way. The very progressive nature of it for a film that came out 22 years ago. Yeah. You know? Like, of course, there's some language in it and some phrasing that Mm. make you cringe. But the people that say that are looked at like, you know, they're idiots. So it works out, you know? Alyssa is never looked at like this horrible person. She's this sweet, beautiful character who just gets shit on by these awful men and their toxic masculinity. Which there was even a point in Kevin when in Kevin Smith's diatribe where he's talking about you know his own uh, his own unease with her with Amy's sexual past is what caused them to break up. Like they touch on those notes of toxic masculinity. Like, before you even knew what that was. Yeah. So, I thought I thought that was really good. I highly recommend this movie, especially if you have these preconceived notions of what this movie is about. Because I went in with the, went into this with those, and I came out thinking, God, I was a fucking idiot. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, also, I want to say that the song that she sings, uh, she actually wrote herself. Uh, and it was originally yeah. a country song, but Kevin Smith uh, requested that they pump it up a bit. It was garbage. It wasn't that great of a song. <laughs> um, so, alright, you can check us out. I'll go through the links. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Mm, no. Okay, cool. 
Um, so you can check us out facebook.com slash the feminist critique podcast. I am on Twitter at South of Grace. Uh, we have uh, email, which is the feminist critique podcast at gmail.com. But we also have a discord, the link, the link of which is going to be in the description as well as my YouTube. Well, our YouTube. Um, it's really hard to find if you look for us up by name. So, uh, we're going to include the link to my first video in the description. Or the second video. You don't sound excited by this. Huh? You don't sound excited by it. It's your first video. It's exciting. Well, I don't know. By the time this comes out, I'll probably have two videos. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, the first video is uh, book-to-film adaptions. And the focus of the YouTube channel is just kind of me talking about whatever books, films, media in general, maybe news, that kind of thing. So I'm still trying to work out the identity, but I figured a, 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 a blog about video or book to TV adaptions would be a good first video, especially for what we do on the podcast. So Works for me. Uh, yeah. Ashley? Oh yeah, we're also on Twitter as Feminist Pod. I'm on both Twitter and Instagram as Ashleen's A I S L E N E S, and I'm also on Instagram as Aurora Borealis, which is my drag persona. So you should go and check that out. Sometimes I post pictures. I haven't been in drag in a while, but I've got some shows coming up. Uh, this comes out next week. Oh no, those shows had already passed then, I guess. So, oh no, I have one show coming up. If you are in Edmonton, which I know your life, um, but it's the twenty first, <laughs> and that is going to be at Pris. It's uh, Prism, and it's at some bar, which I probably should have looked up because I mean I'm supposed to be at this thing, but um, <laughs> I don't know, just like fucking Google it or something. It's like Prism cool. in Edmonton. So, yeah. yep, that's it. Okay, bye. All right. Bye. Next week, we're going to be doing (laughs) Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Ashlyn forgot that part. Whatever. I don't have to tell anybody anything, okay? I do what I want. (laughs) Next week, we're doing Hedwig and the Angry Inch, which is a musical, and I'm really looking forward to it. So, we will see you guys next week. What are you talking about? I thought we were doing Kinky Boots. Shit. Are we doing kinky boots? Just kidding. Did we t- you bitch! <laughs> I hate you. Uh, I'm never talking to you again. Podcast <laughs> Anyway, we'll, we'll see you guys next week when we talk about Hedwig. Okay. Bye! Bye.